0: Hi everyone, thank you for joining us. Today we'll be meeting the team behind the project of RED, written and directed by Madison Lynn. Madison is one of the recipients of the SHIFT grant awards to produce her project, and it's going to be filmed in Los Angeles, California this summer, and we're excited to be working with Madison and her team to cast this project. Uh, we'll also be keeping you updated on behind the scenes of production, and we'll be hosting a premiere screening with our members. Great. Well, thank you guys all so much for being here. I'm super excited to get started on this and hear a little bit more about your project. Um, So to start, can you all just give us a quick introduction to yourself, uh, your role in the project and your experience as a filmmaker?
1: Yeah, sure. Um, I'll go first. Um, So I'm Madison Lin. I am a senior currently studying film and television production at USC. So um, I'm the writer director for this project. Uh, I have a background mostly in directing and producing, but I've recently gotten more into writing. Um, I, have, I, I have directed and produced several features. Um, two of them were documentaries, and then I think three of them were narratives, and then I've done a couple shorts. Um, and so, yeah, that's like mostly what I do. I'm Kately Johnston,
2: I'm a producer for this project. I mostly have a background in broadcast news producing, but love film and and television as well. Um, And this project specifically because it's Asian stories in journalism. I've like directed a lot of coverage on the hate crimes this year for Annenberg TV news, misinformation in the Vietnamese American community because I am Vietnamese. And I just love Asian narratives and I want to promote them and I love producing. So here I am.
0: That was great. Thank you so much.
3: Um, I'm Aurelia. I am a senior at USC almost to be soon to be alum of USC at the film and TV production department and at the narrative studies department under English. And I have mainly specialized in like writing and producing. I spent a couple of years at Vision, the student TV uh, station where I created and show ran this kind of last week tonight-esque show called, But Seriously. And at film school, I've produced a lot of um, films, independent and at class projects as well. I just really like doing it and I've dabbled a little bit in directing and acting as well. So I'm kind of like wear many hats and I am a producer for this project. Right now, uh, I'm more focused on casting and Kate is more focused on locations in this kind of like preliminary pre-production stage. But I really love casting specifically. I was a casting director for my capstone and ended up acting in it, um, which was fun. So that's my background.
1: I forgot to mention for the Capstone, first of all, Aurelia was a fantastic actress. She did an amazing (laughs) job. Um, She also did an amazing job casting directing and I directed the Capstone project. So we've actually worked together in this capacity before a little bit through USC. Oh, awesome.
0: Yeah, I forgot to mention that yeah that's great that's cool to hear like how you guys kind of all meet and like work together and find your passions you know in filmmaking Uh, that's very interesting though so can you give us a quick introduction to your project and the characters in it
3: the working title of red this project is focused on how when this chinese-american girl loses her mom um from cancer she has to basically work towards reconnecting with her Chinese culture and with her dad, who is a white American. And the characters in it are Shin, the Han Chinese mom, and Martin, who is kind of like this goofy, well-meaning dad. And uh, they're both in their 30s and May starts out nine years old. And she is a mixed race, Chinese American. Um, And she has a really deep connection with her mom that is hard for her to like process, like this connection is something that's really difficult to lose for anybody, but especially whenever you're mixed race, it feels kind of like losing one part of you. I'm mixed race myself but not in an American sense in an Indonesian sense so I can kind of speak to that a little bit I'm half Chinese and half um, Dutch and indigenous
0: okay so next thing I wanted to ask you guys what inspired this piece and what do you hope to say with it I think you kind of touched on that a little bit too with our last question but if there's any more you want to add to that feel free to or we could just keep going
1: Yeah, I mean, I guess what initially inspired, it was actually a book that I read with Kate in our book club during quarantine. Kate, what was that book called again? Was it Severance? It was. um,
2: Wow, that's an awesome book. I mean, I'm not really sure how Severance inspired you to make this.
1: Yeah, sorry, (laughs) I should expand on that. Um, Yeah, so sorry. During quarantine, Kate and I were like, oh gosh, there's nothing to do. So we started, or I should say Kate started a book club. I joined um, and we read this book called Severance. And in Severance, they briefly mentioned paper burning. It's a super, super brief reference, but it's something that I'm like, oh my God, that's something I haven't done in forever. And so, you know, I had again a lot of downtime during quarantine. And so, just kind of that was something that really stuck with me. And I kept thinking about it. And so, I decided to do more research on it. And I decided to kind of like go back to the, you know, like Joss paper shops near me. Um, And like coincidentally, we were actually reading the book around the same time that the holiday was. Um, Obviously, it wasn't being practiced because there was a global pandemic but it was still a really cool time to kind of get back in touch with that. Um, and so got back in touch with that. It was something that really spoke to me and it was something that I wanted more people to know about. And so I wrote a script about it. That's awesome. That's really cool to hear. What did you say the name was for the book? <laughs> Severance, which I should warn you will be kind of a confusing inspiration because it's an apocalypse book.
0: Ah, okay. That's kind of fun though.
1: It's very
2: related to the <laughs> pandemic though. Uh, yeah, okay. it's <laughs> Severance Severance by Ma.
0: Okay, awesome. And actually the next question I had for you, <laughs> this can kind of relate to that. I don't know if there's any additional things. Um, is there any media uh, or artists, filmmakers that you drew inspiration from for this? Like in your work for this project or overall work in the past or anything? I,
1: I do have an inspiration. I draw from, but it feels like I totally do not have the right to say this. I draw a lot of inspiration from Spielberg, which I think everyone in film school does. Um, I actually um, took a class from Dr. Drew Casper about Spielberg my freshman year, um, and we watched his entire filmography, which would make Steven Spielberg the only filmmaker who I've seen their entire filmography. but I don't know. I think he has a way of kind of dealing with these dark subjects. Like Empire of the Sun's is an incredibly dark film, um, or you know, at least it's about English internment, um, but it's done in this way that it isn't super dark. And I think that adding that kind of like, you know, because it's told through the perspective of like a child. And so adding that kind of almost innate levity of seeing the world through a child's eyes, I think, actually makes it easier to have difficult conversations about dark topics like death or loss or, you know, how do you reconnect with your culture? How do you reconnect with your parents? Um, and so that, at least for me, was an inspiration. Awesome. That's great.
3: I think um... I don't know if this is really like an inspiration because I didn't write it, obviously, but your script really reminded me of Over the Moon, the Netflix animation that came out, I think this past year. It was also just a really sweet story about like reconnecting with your culture after um, you lose like one parent. And it had, I don't know if anybody has, have y'all seen it? I've seen seen it. it.
2: That's a stacked cast.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it really is. It really is. But um, especially with your incorporation of like animation into into the script as well, that's another reason why it reminded me that I'm really excited to see all the beautiful imagery that's going to come out of this short.
0: Yeah, that's a really great reference, actually. I didn't even think about that until you said it. And I was like, oh, yeah, wow, so many similar concepts. I love that. Um, actually, speaking about animation a little bit, um, can you tell us a little more about the aspects of animation that you wanna involve in the project or like certain points where you felt like it fit really well or the styles, things like that?
1: Yeah, so the script was actually incepted as an animation cause it's about a year old. Like I literally probably finished it like this time last year. Um, and so originally it was gonna be a quarantine project and we were gonna animate the whole thing. Um, but as we kind of got further into it, um, I realized it was kind of, at least in the script that, you know, as it is now, it's kind of lacking that thing that makes it innately animated. Um, like, you know, you look at Bao and like that film has to be an animation. Cause if you did it live action where she was like nursing a pork bun, that'd be like it'd be so weird that you kind of couldn't focus on that it's supposed to be a parent-child relationship. Um, And so, you know, animation, um, I've talked to, you know, I have great friends who do amazing work in animation. They always talk about how, you know, animation is a medium, not a genre. Um, And so I felt strongly that just because this is, um, it has kind of themes that are represented in kids' movies, it's not just an animation, because it's that, um, because I feel like, A, that's a disservice a little bit to the project that since I do think it works better as live action, but it's also, you know, it's not, um, it's a little reductionist on the animation side to say that just because it seems like kids content that it has to be animated. So what we ended up with um, is like this kind of mixed media thing. We're going to use like footage from the actual, Um, Like locations and uh, scenes that we shoot as backgrounds for this one animated sequence where you kind of see how paper burning works as like a way to connect with dead relatives. Um, And so there's a sequence with May's grandparents um, at the graveyard, and her grandparents are going to be animated. And once the Joss paper items are burned, the smoke is going to turn into like those animated items for her like ghost grandparents to hold. So that's kind of how it's all come together. It's more of a mixed media project now than it is just, than it is either just live action or just animation. So that's kind of cool.
0: Yeah, that sounds so cool and very beautiful too. I'm excited to see how that all comes together. That sounds amazing. I think genre kind of like plays theme in different ways sometimes. So I'm curious if you guys like have a specific theme that you're like trying to pinpoint on and if the genre does impact that, you know?
3: the theme inherent is that is kind of like growing to be more understanding of your heritage and where you come from and becoming more aware of like the world in which that you inhabit I suppose and by you I mean the protagonist to me like when I grew older I started becoming more appreciative of my culture and realize that that learning can come from many different sources. And that even if I do lose somebody, I can kind of carry their legacy forward by and their memory by continuing to do the things that we used to do together, like in the script, you know, painting nails, or um, the paper burning. So to me, the theme kind of circles around coming of age and around grief and moving on from from loss or you know, thinking about how cultural memory and
0: familial memory works as well. Yeah, and yeah, I think it's like super important that like you're able to tell this really compact story and it's, it's a short too, right? I can't remember exactly how many pages, but I remember reading it and I was like, oh my gosh, I'm like crying from this like a few pages. You got so much content into it, you know? Like it was really great. So I think you guys definitely do hit all those points so well in it and I'm excited to see of how it plays out once you get like all the production parts added to you
1: thanks i'm really excited for the fact that there's very little dialogue because i think that will make sound on set much easier you know from so from a technical standpoint Um, but also you know since it was originally written as an animation there was literally no dialogue um, in like the first pass and so it's been cool to kind of put that back in but use it sparingly so we can focus on like sound design and score Um, and I think that's also how we're able to fit more events into like eight pages is that there's very little very little dialogue so
0: yeah yeah that's great yeah I love those little aspects I know reading through it I was like oh there's like very little dialogue in here and that was something that I found very like Like specific to your style of writing that I enjoyed so it's cool to know that it kind of comes from an animation originally and so it kind of shifted into this but great yeah that's awesome and yes again main points being about mixed race I think that's so like valid and great and I'm glad to see so many more stories about that Um, all right next thing Um, this might be one for all of you and you can kind of like dig into this question however you'd like Um, But I was curious, what are some of the plans for production for this film? Um, If you have pre-production aspects planned out, um, locations, crew, casting, all those things.
2: Yes, I can talk a little bit about the locations we're looking at. It's pretty exciting. I was very excited as a producer to see there were only three locations because that's a lot less work for me. And one of them is a house. That's obviously pretty easy to do. The other one was a cemetery. And honestly, Madison was very worried about getting a cemetery because who's gonna let us go to a cemetery at night and shoot on a random grave with fire, no less. That's all very risky, but somehow we were able to find actually Hollywood Forever Cemetery, shout out to them, but I will endorse them because they're letting us shoot there and they have designated gravestones. Mm. So as it turns out, and then the, the the harder part is finding a Joss paper shop. Um, we had a few contacts, but they were a little hesitant. They don't want us to mess up the design of their shop because they have it laid out in a specific way. We totally respect that. So we don't want to go in and mess with anything and make people unhappy. And so that's been an ongoing search right now to try and find a shop. So if you own a paper shop, let us know.
0: That'd be fun if we got a connection through this. Never know who's listening.
3: Yeah, um, I can speak a little bit to the casting. I think we've already posted casting calls on a few places, is that right? And received some applications from them, but we just need to set a date for auditions, which we will later, a little bit later this week. And I'm pretty excited. I've also reached out to um, a filmmaker that I saw at the HBO Asian American Visionaries event a couple of years back. She had a really beautiful AFI thesis film called J.J., I think. And it was centered around um, a sister relationship with a single mom. And I thought that it was all in Mandarin. And I thought that it would be a really good resource um, to see where she found um, Chinese-American actors because it's sometimes difficult to find people of color on the more like mainstream acting sites, at least in my experience, especially older folks. So I'm really excited to get started on casting and I
1: think auditions are just so fun. So I'm really looking forward to that. Yeah, Kate and Aurelia were superstars cause I gave them something that was super hard to produce for locations and super hard to cast. And they've just been rolling with the punches and like I feel very optimistic about like the rest of our pre-production and I'm excited to start shooting. So yeah.
0: That's awesome, yeah. So what do you look for when you're casting a role and particularly for these roles? If you have any ideas in mind? Um,
3: Well, just broadly, I would say that when casting for a role, what we're looking for is number one, acting ability and ability to directed and in that sense we have like our own you know techniques that we've found and that we've been taught at school as well in terms of how to make an actor as comfortable as possible so that we can really see their range and um see how well that they can play with different approaches to the character and to the mood and energy of the of the script Um, and so we're looking for directability and acting ability, but we're also looking for how well there's like this X factor, I think, that you can tell if they're gonna be really great for the role just from like kind of this un- intangible, <laughs> intangible like energy that they give in the audition and when you can feel like really good working chemistry with them, as well as like them bringing the character to life in in this way. So that's kind of more broadly, I think, for these characters. When Mel was talking to me about what she was looking for in these characters, um, she kind of evoked images of for the dad, like the dad from eighth grade, (laughs) kind of like this very well-meaning, but sometimes a little bit clueless dad um, who has a really sweet relationship with his daughter. And um, for May, somebody who is just really wide-eyed and curious and emotionally like vulnerable, I suppose, and has a really genuine relationship with both of her parents. And is a little bit like goofy, has a great sense of humor. (laughs) She's a funny, she's a funny girl. Um, And the mom is somebody who is just like this really gentle soul and really kind and loving towards her family. Um, So that's
1: kind of what we're looking at for these specific characters. And for Shin, I felt at least something that's like pretty important I, I feel in this project is to kind of break that stereotype of the tiger mom. Like I wanted a really affectionate mom. I wanted someone who was like very, you know, emotionally in touch and like, you know, willing to be like, very like physical and close to their kid. Um, because I feel like a lot of the, even, you know, it's been so great having all these um, AAPI movies and shows kind of made within the last decade. But I do feel like even with some, of, you know, the best, um, even with some of the best AAPI films, a lot of times the moms are kind of depicted in this very strict role of being these like kind of removed tiger mom figures. Um, and so I felt pretty strongly about writing Shin that she kind of break that mold and we show that there are all kinds of Asian moms, um, you know, just like there are all kinds of any moms. So yeah. Great.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I remember reading that in, I believe, the blog um, line or something that was in the deck I remember reading through that when we were like looking through all the projects and I was like this is such a great concept (laughs) like I agree that like sometimes moms can be like so stereotyped and I know like Crazy Rich Asians I think was one of the ones that was referenced and I was like I love that movie but I was also just like yeah that is so true
1: and so it's great to see just like really well-rounded developed characters so excited for that. For me personally when I'm writing any script um uh, and this is easier for shorts. It gets much harder with features. But um, I typically kind of do a run at it where I write it with absolutely no dialogue, just because I think that people say sometimes what they mean, people say just left of what they mean, but people always do what they mean. Um, so if you write it with just action, you pretty easily end up with like characters' intentions coming through and, Um, characters become really distinctive because of how they react to different situations. Um, So I know that that's how I do my writing process. Even if this weren't an animation, I would have written it all action first, and I would have come back at the end and added dialogue. Um, And it also kind of frees you up to if the dialogue's not good, you have the option of cutting it and the story still works, which is so freeing. Um, Because everyone knows writing dialogue is tough. Um, So yeah, and then in terms of like, production, I'm actually really excited about this being kind of a mixed media thing. Um, I think that that's like um, pretty distinctive. I think that it'll hopefully set this project apart. I loved what Kate said about this being a mixed race story and mixed race media. I think that that's um, something that's like come very organically through this last year of development. Um, And so again, you know, those are things that I'm really excited to, to kind of see through.
2: I would like to talk about Madison's style, personal filmmaking style for a second. I think when you when you watch any film that Madison produces, you can really tell it's made by her. A, because the genre is already always very magical realism. And so you have that in the script, you have that in pretty much all of her other scripts. And so you're like, in this world, that's cool and different and slightly unrealistic. But in an amazing way and then all the characters say dude and all the characters like are very honest with each other which like doesn't happen in real life but that's part of the magical realism and i love that you can just really tell when you're watching a madison lynn film and that's a
1: authorship, ship honestly thanks kate i appreciated that <laughs>
0: Yeah, actually, I have to agree with that a little bit too like I know I haven't known you guys that long, like just this few last few 40 minutes or so. Um, But even watching your stuff Madison like reading the script and we were looking through some of your previous work like on the websites and with your production company and like there was one that was kind of like. I'm sorry I can't remember the name of it, but it was like a steampunk steampunk style yeah um, work. and that one was just like such a distinct like style just like overall for the whole thing like the writing the performance the story and we're just like wow there's something very like magical about the way that you write and tell a story so i definitely agree with that i appreciate that yeah yeah, yeah of course <laughs> um all right so i just have two more questions for you guys Um, So last thing in relation to the film, we were just wondering what are you hoping to do with the film once the project is completed?
1: Yeah, I mean, I think that there are kind of two incarnations I see for it. Um, On one hand, I would really love to get it distribution on a streamer just because I think that's something that's really encouraging that I've seen is that shorts have been getting distribution on streamers a lot recently. So, you know, like If Anything Happens, I Love You um, was on Netflix and that was a really great animated short. I actually believe it just won the Oscar this last weekend. Um, So that's super exciting. Somebody from that animation team is actually tentatively on this project. um, And so like that's really cool and exciting. Um, And then, you know, someone actually within SCA who wrote an AAPI story had his short distributed to HBO recently. So I think like Um, you know, there are spaces or at least there are streamers interested in telling these types of stories that are either AAPI or that are, you know, like family trauma recovery stories. Um, So like that's one incarnation I see for it. And then the other incarnation is like, you know, the festival route's always amazing. You always get to meet so many fellow filmmakers who are working at the same level that you are and who are interested. Um, You know, usually if you guys are picked for the same festival, they're interested in the same types of stories that you are. Um, And so going the festival route would also be amazing, Um, and those are kind of, I guess, where I hope we'll set out to after we're done with production.
0: Great. Those are all awesome. I love that. I love that you guys are going for, like, streaming stuff. I think that's so important, getting stories out there, and sorry, (laughs) my cat's stretching in the background. Um, (laughs) But yeah, I think that's awesome, and I'm very excited. I hope to see all of those things come through. (laughs) But I was just wondering, what are some of your goals as a filmmaker moving forward and from here?
3: When I was in community college, I always tell this story because I think it was the first time that I had really been forced to think about what my actual goals were for going into the film industry. When I was at community college, I was really stressed out about my career because I knew that I was gonna go into USC. I was a spring admit. And I knew I was gonna go into USC, but I wasn't sure of what I wanted to do for my career. But I was really drawn to storytelling. I always have been. I started out as primarily a prose and poetry writer, but I always had a special like spot in my heart for, for film and TV. But I went to this counselor and I was like, Well, you know, I wanna go into film, but I don't really think that I can like do that. And he was like, Well, why? not. And I was like, well, you know, I'm from Austin. Like I don't have any money. Like I don't have any equipment. I don't have any experience. And he went, well, what would, why are you drawn to it? Like, why would you even want to go into this industry? And he told me to go away and write like a, a paper on it, um, to hand write a paper on it. <laughs> And I did and what actually made me kind of realize why I wanted to do go to film was that I remembered how when I immigrated here, like as a kid, how film and TV helped me learn so much about just like the world beyond my very small community. I, spent from age six until age 18 in the same like one block radius i never traveled really outside of that but it made me realize like it taught me american and world cultures it taught me kind of empathy really for just people who were different from me and made me realize that even though i felt so different in my community that there was ways to connect with other people um, by telling stories. Like one way that I made friends growing up was to write stories about us and kind of like insert them into, into my narrative and everyone would kind of gather around. I realized that I always use stories to connect with people. And if I, my goal as a filmmaker would be if, even if I changed like one person's mind about a group that they weren't familiar with before they kind of felt kind of animosity towards or didn't understand where they were coming from if i change just one person's mind and heart like that then i would feel like okay i've succeeded as a filmmaker and that's kind of my goal
0: awesome that's beautiful and so well said
1: i love it that's all. Yeah, no, that was amazing. I'm blown away. I'll go next just because I Aurelia. First of all, that was like absolutely beautiful. Wow, thank you for sharing. Um, And then I guess I wanted to go next because I feel that that is a very similar reason to why I make films. Um, Like I, you know, growing up, I think that films were a really great way for me to connect with my family um, you know, I, my mom was working a lot in LA, and so I got to go visit her, um, and I'd be down in LA, and I would go to, like, maybe a a film program or, or something, and I'd come back home to Oakland, and I'd realize that, like, there were absolutely no film programs where I was growing up extracurricular or not, um, my school didn't have a film program, and also, like, you know, even if, it, even if those things did exist, film has incredibly high fiscal barriers to entry. I think that's actually one of the biggest drawbacks of the art is that there's so many people who would be amazing, amazing filmmakers who just have never gotten the chance because it's a very, very expensive craft. Um, and so I started a production company when I was 16 um, and the goal was just to provide people in Oakland with free education and free access to like cameras and sound and some lighting equipment It wasn't anything super fancy, it was just what I had. Um, But, you know, I posted some flyers. Um, I told everyone to tell anyone they know that if there was anyone who was interested in film, they should reach out to me. And I got a lot of people reaching out who were like, hey, I'm interested, but I've never done it. And I was like, cool, I'd never done it till I did it either. So like, let's just just hop in and get started. Um, And so, you know, we would go around, we made some local commercials. Eventually, you know, we were making money from those commercials. So we rented out like an office space. We used it to make our own films. That's actually how we made Dear Victoria, which was like that steampunk film from earlier. Um, And the program has actually continued to run even with me in college. Um, And we had our first alum go to film school who was not me two years ago. And that was really, really, really exciting. Like I was like, wow, that's like, you know, that's what I want to do because I feel like Working with people is fun. Working with artists is super fun. Working with people on a project that's just like crazy start to finish is fun. Um, But also like you know seeing how art literally changes people's lives. Like he's going to a college that he wasn't probably going to apply to if he wasn't interested in film. Um, And so to watch film literally and in a cheesy but very honest way change people's lives has been one of the greatest pleasures of my life. And that's why I make films. And that's why I wanna keep making films is because it really connects me to people in this way that I think is unique and that I wanna keep experiencing.
0: That's great, awesome. Thank you for sharing. And that's so like amazing to hear that like you at such a young age too, you were taking like so many aspects of filmmaking and turning it into like portfolio things and things that can help advance people's career and their education. And so that's beautiful, thank you.
3: that was so cool to hear about i had no no idea you had this (laughs) i had no idea you had this program
1: (laughs) thanks yeah it's it's fun highly recommend to anyone who's in oakland um we're still open still love to teach um and yes that's everything i have on that
2: yeah i guess i can talk about my career (laughs) i feel a little different than traditional, the, the traditional filmmaking path that y'all are on. I see myself as more of a multimedia producer, like whether that be for television or internet or other formats, um, just because I care about the content not necessarily attached to any sort of format, but that's why I really love being a journalism major, because I'm just a big history and politics nerd and I love talking to people and being really nosy. Um, I'm like the nosiest person I know. In worse terms, you could call it gossipy. Um, because I just love learning and making people laugh and shedding light on stories that
1: people don't always get to hear and that's all I want to do in my life. Kate has a very good article that she just released about... Kate, actually, I, w- I won't spoil it. You can introduce what it is, but I think not it's a, actually relevant to the it's project. A big it's a spoiler. <laughs>
2: <laughs> it is API. it's about misinformation in the Vietnamese American community, specifically perpetuated through YouTube, and I spent six months researching it, so I'm very obsessed with it at the moment.
3: I was saying, I really love that topic because my parents, <laughs> they're definitely misinformed on so many things, and a lot of that is due to YouTube. So I'm excited to read it, I haven't read it yet. But
1: I will
2: read it. I should have interviewed you. Where were you before?
1: Do a part two.
0: But All right, great. Thank you all so much. Um, That is all the questions I have for you. All right, thank you all so much for listening. And thank you to this amazing team. Red is casting now on HollywoodCastingAndFilm.com. So go submit for a chance to be a part of this project.